Welcome again to another edition of the Green Big Fantasy Spot. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Bidge. And we are here for another edition of the Fantasy Spot where we're looking back at week number eight of the fantasy season. AJ, how are you doing, my brother? Doing good, sir. Had a better week this week, so I'm actually kind of excited to talk about it a little bit. Just kind of. <laughs> in, the, in the leagues that mattered, I had a really good week. Okay, that is good to hear. Now, before we you know how we like to do it, we usually start with our recap of what happened in our show league. But tell the folks, AJ, in your six leagues, how have you feared this week? So this week, I actually went um, four and two. Nice. Four and two, yeah. In one of the leagues, I'm, I must admit, there's one league where, that I'm probably going to lose every single week. That's my league. You know, I've, I've blown up my team there, so I'm not really um, in the running for that at this point. But in the others, there was <laughs> there was even a league where I, in the, in our NFL league, I actually forgot to take Devontae Adams out, out of my team and still won. Nice. So that was, <laughs> I completely, <laughs> work, work had me extremely busy. I completely forgot to change that team. That's what happens when you have too many apps. But I was still able to pull out the victory, so I love it. Nice. That is, that is good, man. Now, I have gone four and one this week. And of course, the one is the one I've been losing in pretty much every week. That, so, that league. <laughs> yes, the throwaway league. If I had not gone into there, I would have been undefeated many weeks. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. that one with league is the one that things are never working for me in. Ever, ever, ever. That, that, one, that happens, man. That happens. Yep, and I'm not blowing at that. Te- I'm not blowing at that team because I don't know any of those guys. I'm very yeah, sorry. True. We, we, I'm just going to take my guys with me in the sinking ship. But anyhow, <laughs> back to our show league and our show league. Um, we had some we had some matchups again this week that showed some interesting turns of events for some, and others continued on as they have been going. So my beige bombers, we went up against the London Learners this week, and the beige bombers came out on top, 165 and a half points to London Learners 127.5. The Alberta Tyrant, they went down to Denver Ravens Revenge, 178 points, the top score for the week, to 88.5. That's really not a good showing by the Tyrant against the Tyrant. He is actually being run by bigger tyrants. In the closest matchup, yeah, in the closest matchup of the week, Team Club Sheshe, they edged out Kawhi Knot 123.5 to 120.5. Team Burks, they, well, they seem to be picking up some momentum now. They beat Eckler and Koch 144 to 141.5. And then Long Bay Bayonets, they went down to Ad Hawkinson, 166.5 to 71, lowest score of the week. So AJ, let's talk some top performers, some goats this week. Who are your goats for this week? It. You say the top performers or the goats? No, sorry, yes, you're right. The top performers. <laughs> let's go top performers. The top performers. All right. Um... So despite everything, I had it was one of those weeks 
Um, you know, my two quarterbacks are Joe Burrow in this league. They're Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Obviously, it's a one quarterback league, so I only needed to start one. I made a decision to start Joe Burrow thinking that he would put up more points and more touchdowns against the Jets defense. And I hate to, to be playing players and have them like, against my team and, and, and trying to be uh, rooting for them to get points. So left Justin Herbert on the bench. It, it paid dividends. Um, 48 and a half points from Joe Burrow with 259 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. So um, he, he, he did a bit better than I expected, just, just slightly. I mean, the interception took a couple points off, but still, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. um, finally, I got some more production from TJ Hawkinson. 10 receptions <laughs> for 89 yards. I've come to not expect much from, from that Detroit offense, but, you know, it was... It was I, I, I'll still go for that. Um, and then, this is the one week, right? This is the one league where I'm, I made the decision early to, to rest Aaron Jones. <laughs> this week luckily I was able to win without him but I, I was a bit worried to see the kind of game he had and knowing that I had him on my bench in this league because I still had I still played him in two other leagues but I would have to say he had a he had a very good week um the 59 yards and a touchdown um which was a yeah rushing touchdown no receiving but yeah he had seven receptions off 11 targets in that game for 51 yards so he was very active. He was very active in that game. I still don't know what to make of Aaron Jones going forward, but couldn't get him off, so I may just have to play him. But yeah, those are some of my um, some of my top performers from from my team at least for this week. Nice. So when I look at my team, I think my team has been. I like to think that my team has been very well constructed because I tend to get. Lots of points. The fact that I'm six and two, um, first in the Eastern Division, would suggest that my team is actually pretty good. Now, we got lots of performance, lots of production from Matthew Stafford. He gave me 58 and a half points. That is kind of like the standard for him now, where he gave me 305 yards and three touchdowns. So, Stafford, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. I love it. Cooper Cup, 27 and a half points from him. Seven receptions, 115 yards and a touchdown. And then, well, I didn't really get the, the level of performance that I was hoping from Alvin Kamara. Of course, with the quarterback going down, which we'll talk about a little bit later, that could be expected. He only gave me 18 points, but I'll take 18 points. Um, and on my bench... Melvin Gordon III. Now, similar to you and Aaron Jones, I honestly do not know what to make of Melvin Gordon most weeks. Because Melvin Gordon, you, you come into the game thinking that he's going to do, you know, a lot. But Denver has a committee. It's between him and Javante Williams. And Javante Williams being the, the rookie the younger player, the one that they think has more flash than flash, Gordon, then he's the one that's getting a lot of work. However, Melvin Gordon was able to get 47 yards on the ground, so not a lot, but two total touchdowns, which then boosted him up to 20 fantasy points. And of course, there are others who are not on our teams, but also did extremely good work. Um, 
Ryan Tannehill, 51 points this week on the bench of my opponent. He had 265 yards and three touchdowns. So I'm sure that um, London learners probably wished that they played him instead of Kyler Murray, who had a bit of a down game. Tom Brady, even though he lost in real life, he won in fantasy. 68 points, 375 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Tyree Hill, he had 27 points with 12 receptions for 94 yards and a touchdown. Dara Henderson, 23 points, 90 yards, two total touchdowns, so one rushing, one passing, one catching, sorry. And Robert Woods, he seems to be going through a bit of a resurgence right now, 20 and a half points. Debo Samuel, um, he made 171 yards on six receptions and 26 points. Joe Mixon, 25 and a half with two total touchdowns. There are lots of great performances this week. Josh Allen, of course, 249 yards and three total touchdowns, gave him 60 and a half points. DK Metcalf, he had a nice bounce back game with the Seattle Seahawks this week. I mean, he was playing against Jacksonville, so you should have seen that coming. 22 points on six receptions and two touchdowns. So AJ, those are the heroes, some of the heroes, not all of them. And of course, you know, I need to look him up because I know nobody had him. But that, I'm talking about Mr. Mike White. Mike White, what did you do last yeah. week? Mike, Mike White had, honestly, AJ, I think Mike White probably had the highest score in fantasy this week just gone. He had what? The highest score. No, 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 no. I saw I see the numbers are what? Oh, 75 points. Seven, no, I mean... Only if you're a quarterback with no heading into this week and you absolutely were desperate for a streaming option would you have picked up Mike White. But if you did, kudos to you because Mike White would have probably won you your game week this week. 75 yeah. points. 75. 405 wow. yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. So imagine if he didn't have those interceptions. He would have been cracking 80. Yeah, almost. pretty much. So, yes, those are the heroes for this week. AJ, who do you have as your quotes? Uh, so, this week, sorry, let me get, I was actually looking to see. I couldn't believe Mike White's numbers. I had to look them up myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the goals for this week. Again, let me start with my team. Um, it, 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 it wasn't even necessarily a bad day, but it was just lower than what you've come to expect from Jamar Chase. He did have a touchdown, but that that really like fudged his numbers a little bit. He only had three receptions for 32 yards. Like I said, the touchdown is what really carried him. It was a, a total of 12 and a half points. Um, Stefan Diggs, again, another mellow outing in my wide receiver room. Five receptions for 40 yards. And again, it was a touchdown that had to carry him. Mind you, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful, but uh, these are not the numbers that we'll be expecting from these guys who are essentially wide receiver ones in their team. Jamar Chase still has more uh, more potential to be uh, boom most weeks than Stefan Diggs, but I feel like at this point, Diggs for me is a, is a boom or bust. It, it, it isn't consistent enough. Um, the one guy I decided to bench, or actually two I decided to, you know what, uh, three. 
I, I feel like I made some <laughs> outside of Aaron Jones. I made some good decisions on benching players this week. Um, DJ Moore decided to leave him out um, against Atlanta. We know Atlanta's defense is absolutely no good, but Carolina's Carolina's offense has slowed down considerably since the first three weeks when they went three and zero. So I don't trust any of them. I'd actually picked up Sam Do- Sam Dollar in the league. He didn't last as long as a snow cone. Um, Chase Edmonds um, in his he actually had a touchdown as well, but. Again, Chase Edmonds is, is kind of like Boomer Bust for me. It was 16 points. He had 30 yards and touchdown was uh, was a rushing touchdown. Um, seven rushes for 30 yards. Uh, modest. But the biggest one of all, Alex Collins. Mm-hmm. I realized from earlier that I, that I cannot trust Alex Collins week in and week out. Seattle are going to try to use a, a committee in the backfield, especially with Rashad Penny being back. And Alex Collins himself was battling a groin injury going into the last week. So decided to pull him out of all my teams. Luckily enough, that decision paid off. He had five total points in a PPR league. 44 yards. And nada, nothing else. So I, I'm, I'm kind of happy, satisfied with the decisions I made, which is why I'm so, which is why I'm buzzing. <laughs> nice. So when I, but in my team, I don't have a lot of goats in my starting lineup. I got points pretty much everywhere except for tight end. And then I was literally just hoping for the best when I picked up Ricky Seals-Jones because Darren Water was on a bike. And as I, you don't want to just get zero points from a position. So I mm-hmm. put him in. And he only managed to get two receptions for 12 yards and give me three points. So, I mean, that is what it is. I was actually thinking of swapping my kicker going into this week because I did not expect that the Rams would have to kick many field goals. You only get one point for an extra point. Magier kicked five extra points in this game. But he was able to salvage something with one field goal, so he got mm-hmm. eight points. And then Brett Gillikin of the New Orleans Saints, who had a bomb week the first week when he played, he only managed eight points as well for the Saints, kicking three points and only got one inside the 20. Mm-hmm. Now, as I have said before, I do not want to ever um, like call somebody a goat based on what happened due to injury. Mm-hmm. So I would not put that tag on Jameis Winston, who went down in the second quarter. However, he has 17 points when he went out. And mm-hmm. at the rate that he was going, chances are he would have ended with a lot more. But you see Alan Robinson, the second. <laughs> Alan Robinson in this league, for me, is the equivalent of Mike Williams. Mike, okay. Right, right. Because... Well, sorry, I shouldn't put it that way because that is being unfair to Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson is lacking for opportunity in yeah. the Bears' offense. He's yeah. not getting the passes that he would like to have, and therefore, because the passes aren't coming, he's not putting out the points. This game, he had three receptions for 21 yards, five points. And for somebody, as you said, who's supposed to be a wide receiver born, if that is all you're managing, that's a problem. That is a huge problem. It is. It is. No. We know um, 
Well, we'll get to that in a second. I don't want to jump the gun going forward. But you know what? Also hurtful when you have a player that gives you zero. And there are a couple of players that would have given zero this week. No, it's not often that a team goes the entire game without punting. But Wisniewski from San Francisco, zero punts. If you have oh. zero punts, you get zero points from your punter. He has to kick wow. the ball for you okay, to, yeah. get, to get something. <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't even realize that. Zero points. Nothing, nada, zip, zero, zip. <laughs> Did he do that? <laughs> he, he put it this week. And then there is also, um, what's his name? That is not with the Bills. This Bills, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, I think they said he had four targets, zero catches. I actually told one of my co-workers, yeah, you should start Sanders. He's going to feast against that Miami defense. (laughs) I mean, I started, I I didn't, it wasn't unjust advice because I started him myself. But this is one of the leagues I lost in. I I did not have time to switch out Corey Davis and then Emmanuel Sanders was my other receiver. So I got absolutely, I got a a straight goose egg from my wide receiver core for that week. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, that's rough. That's rough. And then some others that we can mention of big name players, players who you would expect to get production from that did very little. To say nothing would would be um, remiss of us because they actually did you know trouble the scorers for fantasy. Mm-hmm. But Justin Jefferson, two receptions, 21 yards, four points. In a game where they had to pass the ball to try to keep up with the Cooper Rush led Dallas Cowboys four points what is that Mike Williams <laughs> three and a half 3.5 yes wow. I am going wow. to call his name again three and a half points Travis Kelsey he was probably the biggest disappointment this week along with pretty much the entire Kansas City Chiefs offense he only was able to register four receptions 27 yards four and a half points and that no brings me to a funny story good friend of ours who's actually in our league he is the guy who was in charge of Denver Ravens Revenge not in our league but in another league that he's in Mm -hmm. he went into the game last night with a 0.8 points lead on his opponent he had Travis Kelsey his opponent had Nicole Hardman you would think going into that game that, that Travis Kelsey, game. yes, yeah. that Travis Kelsey would definitely outgain and outscore Mikola Hardman. However, for the purposes of, I don't know how the scoring is done in their league, and of course, if mm. you're going like point eight and stuff, their scoring is different to ours. Mm. But I just said Travis Kelsey gave four and a half points. Mikola Hardman had 11. He was sunk. That I, I could only imagine. I could only imagine. I don't. I don't know if you saw another one of our mutual friends' reactions in um in the in the chat to losing by <laughs> by less than a point once again. Again, yeah. He was not pleased. And and mentioning close losses this is probably another good performance for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same in our league, the show league, Team Brooks and Eklund Koch. So you mentioned the score already. There was a two and a half point difference at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And. He, 
Okay, so both let me let me state first firstly that both of these teams got nine points from their running back. But one of the running backs on Team Burks was Derrick Henry. Now, as we said, we don't call votes on on players who went down with injuries, right? So mm-hmm. that's understandable. But the other Eckler and Koch, this is this is my menace. He had him <laughs> Dalvin Cook. He had him Dalvin Cook, who gave him the same points as an injured Derrick Henry. For the no, no, you made mention of the fact that that um. Minnesota were trying to throw the ball a bit more, uh, more to, to keep up with the Cooper Rush-led Dallas team, right? Mm-hmm. But nine points, 78 yards, and, and he could not haul in either of the, the two targets that, that he had. That's inexcusable from Cook. Because either one of those, if he had caught two of those and just gained a few yards, that would have put Eckler and Koch over the edge. But <laughs> so, so goes the fantasy. It is true. And then, I mean... As you may have mentioned again of Cooper Rush, let's just make sure that the folks understand just how good he was this week. Mm-hmm. Cooper Rush was 53 points, 325 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, one fumble. So kudos to all these guys who are um, getting the flowers this week and the goats need to pull their socks up. So... Mm-hmm. Now, this week, we're not going to give you the usual start and sit because there's a lot happening here on the um, injury report. So now, as we go, we may make mention of some folks that you can probably consider to help you out, be it on the same team or on another team that could probably come in to help. Now, this one is not an injury per se, but for those who watched our show yesterday, we didn't let you know after it what well, was the story with Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is in lots of legal trouble, having caused a car. Well, he has been charged with causing death by DUI. He is going to, when he is released from the hospital, he will be taken into a correctional facility. And he is to appear in court very soon. So if you have Henry Ruggs on your team, it may be a good idea to just drop him and look for somebody else. Um, now to the, the guys who are on the injury report for this week so far. Now, of course, we just went through the trade deadline as well. So there are some fantasy-relevant trades that did occur. Things that will not necessarily impact a specific player, but can impact some some units. So AJ, let's let's start with the with the trades that occurred. Mm-hmm. So we know that first off, well, um, Von Miller was traded from the Broncos to the Rams. So when you see this trade happening, what is your immediate mindset for the fantasy implications? Um, I don't know if it changes much. The reason I say so is is because um, I believe that the Rams' defense is is uh, a, a part of. If if you're playing in a in a league with defense, they're already a defense you should have been targeting from week one, and not as a streamer, as a consistent piece to your team, right? So it it just um, amplifies that even more. Know that you know it, this is a defense to hold on to. I mean, if the, the Rams went Rams went through their buy already, uh, they are, are having there. Either way, 
If they haven't and they still have to do so, try to pick up another defense, but do not let them go. Um, that is true. With regards to the Broncos, no, I, I was never very high on the Broncos defense coming into the season. Um, so I, I, this obviously does not help them because they will not be able to replace Von Miller. Um, even though he was not 100% like MVP, Super Bowl MVP Von Miller. Um, the, the Broncos defense was actually fairly good. Uh, at, but at this point, I would, I would kind of like fade them until I see how they look uh, moving on from Vaughn, who's been there for so many seasons now. No, the one thing that I think that is Vaughn Miller's addition to the Rams is going to help with is that the Rams are probably going to get more sacks. And if you're in a league that definitely rewards sacks, then that is going to definitely help you out because know that they have Vaughn Miller. They can't double-team Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald mm -hmm. and Leonard Floyd at the same time. And whereas the Rams, their secondary has been taking some, some lashes over the last three or four weeks, know that the pass rush is going to be better. It's going to be stronger. Then that helps the secondary because if the quarterback can't hold the ball as long and they can't get through their progressions and and find people you know 50 yards down the field then that mm -hmm. definitely helps out the secondary so if you do have the Rams defense of as you said AJ that is one that you probably try to keep for the rest of the season because there's no letting go of the Rams at this point right. now um Melvin Ingram he was traded from the Chiefs sorry traded to the Chiefs from the Steelers and that gave us, you know, the, the highlight quote of the week. From a team perspective also, it is better to have volunteers as opposed to hostages, said one Mike Tomlin. So do you see this having an impact for the Chiefs' defense? No, not really. Not in isolation. I really don't. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on it as yet. Um... It, it, I mean, to be very honest, it, it may be a tad bit better than what they have been doing so far, but I, I, I still need to wait to see the impact that, that Ingram can have in this defense before I go, like, um, seeking him out in our league where, oh, no, I don't think you're in this league, but I am in a league where we have to pick up defensive players, individual mm -hmm. players. So um, I'm still not very high or, like, I didn't go looking for him, like, the same way I did Zach Ertz when Zach Ertz went to... I need to see what his impact in this defense will be because at this point, the defense is horrible. And I'm not convinced that Melvin Ingram changes that uh, um, drastically. But, I mean, you can keep an eye out. He's still, he's still a very good defensive player. So, um, I'm just not convinced of... of it, uh, it feels like a, a square peg and wrong hole kind of situation, but I could be wrong. Let's keep an eye, monitor the situation, but um, approach with caution. Of course. And... Um... As you said, the, the Chiefs defense has not been good. It's not been good at all. And one of the things that, as I just said, helps out defense is if the pass rush improves. And what has been interesting where the Chiefs defense is concerned is that, well, we know that Sorensen, their safety, he seems to be the weak link mm -hmm. because that seems to be the one that the quarterbacks are targeting every single week. The, the fact still remains that, in a lot of cases, the Chiefs' defense, they tend to play their best football in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, 
the fact that it's the fourth quarter means that they have three quarters that went before it, and that usually puts them in a bit of a hole that this season they have not been able to get themselves out of. So he's going to help there. He is definitely going to help there, and the defense definitely does stiffen up, especially in the second half and late in games. So his impact should be felt because the Chiefs' defense can't be much worse than it has been so far, but only time will tell. Now, over into the other injuries, the notable injuries, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has um, a fractured bone in his foot. They call it a, where did they put that note? He has a Jones fracture, the fifth metatarsal, which is that bone that runs beneath your little toe towards your ankle. And the timeline provided by not the doctor who did the surgery, but another doctor, um, Dr. David Abassi, an orthopedic surgeon, he said that it's about a 68-week um, recovery. Now, we are in week nine, and 68 weeks basically means that that is the end of our fantasy season. So, if you have Derek Henry, I don't know if you find somebody that hasn't been watching the news that will be willing to trade for him, but you might as well just go ahead and either drop him on IR if you don't have somebody already there, or if ESPN's undroppable list has updated, you can go ahead and just consign him to the waiver wire. Now, AJ, when we, we talked about this yesterday, and you had made mention of Adrian Peterson being picked up with the Titans. So, what is your outlook for Adrian Peterson with the Titans going forward? Uh, neither of these, neither of these guys in the backfield, I, I, I feel at this point has won the job over the other. That being Peterson coming in or Jeremy McNichols, who's been the backup to um, Derrick Henry for at least a couple of seasons now. Uh, again, this is a situation to monitor. It, it really feels as if they are probably going to use a, a, a committee backfield at this point because Henry is not replaceable. Um, so you're not going to get that same level of production. So you might have to try to split it. Uh, for, from a fantasy perspective, it doesn't make sense to go after either one of these guys before you at, at least know if, if one emerges as a clear number one. Um, with, with, with regards to AP, I, I'm, I'm still not convinced. I know, I know they're, they're, I'm pretty sure if I would, were to look it up right now, I don't want to because I don't want to see it. But I'm pretty sure that, that his numbers have gone up, his stock has gone up, and he would be like rostered in more teams this week as a result. I'm not sold on the move as yet. Like I said, I need to see how this works out with him being in that backfield and and um, along with Jeremy McNichols. So again, this is not one uh, one to, to run clamoring to. And it, it if you do have Derrick Henry, it doesn't make sense at this point to pick up either one of them as your handcuff, um, that being AP or McNichols. Yep, McNichols, he has only had seven carries for the season which would suggest that he really has not won the favour of the coaching staff because you would like to think that, well, Derrick Henry is the official bell coat back of the NFL. You would try to spell him. You would try to, you know, ease some of that load off of him so he isn't taking so much abuse every single game. And, and it could be, it could, it could also be based on how um, the flow of the game was 
in in the last in week eight against Indianapolis, but he had absolutely no carries when Derrick Henry went down that week. He had three three targets. He hauled them all in for thirty three yards, but that was it. That was the end of of his um, addition to the game. So again, you need to wait to to see this one out. It's it's never easy to to find a handcuff for Derrick Henry. Agreed. So then, um, the next big name with a big injury is Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, he is done for the year with a torn ACL and an MCL sprain in his left knee. So the fantasy implications for this are obvious. Jameis is no longer a, an option for quarterback. Now, at this point, at the point of our recording, Taysom Hill, he is still on injury reserve. He has not been activated from there. Um, he was placed on injury reserve since week five with a concussion. They said that he is progressing well and on schedule and he may be elevated back to the active roster in week nine, but at this point, it is a little early to tell. So that is something that you'd have to monitor. At this point, we don't know who is going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints heading into mm -hmm. this next week. I would like to think that it's Trevor Simeon because Trevor Simeon is the better thrower, thrower of the football in our quarterback room right now. But stranger things have happened, like Drew Brees going down and Taysom Hill playing quarterback as opposed to Jameis Winston. So we will. that is something that we will definitely have to monitor. Now, in terms of other um, player movement with regards to injuries and other stuff. Deshaun Jackson, he was released by the Rams on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure that Deshaun Jackson would have been, except in the deepest of deep leagues, he would have mostly have still been on the waiver wire because his role in the offense of the Rams has been minuscule. And he is now looking for new employment. So depending on where he pops up, that somebody most likely will pick him up. That's somebody that you can you can try to um, monitor where he goes and maybe try to grab him then but until then I think he is best left on your waiver wire Scotty Miller he is designated to return from IR for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he's been out with turf toe now AJ you pay much closer attention to what's happening in the Buccaneers depth chart than I do but I think Scott Miller was their fourth receiver yeah essentially um, Mike yeah. Evans Chris, Mike Godwin. Evans, Chris Godwin who's the number I, three um, it could actually be him ahead of do you mean in terms of production or just in the depth chart? Well, both in the depth chart and production. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm not even sure if it's him or, or I mean, Gronk would would has has better production than him. But in mm. terms of the actual wide receivers, is it's between him and Tyler Johnson. But both of those options are definitely boom or bust, week in and week out. You don't know when Tom Brady's going to go to them and how often. Mm -hmm. uh, but they both have that kind of potential, especially with Scotty being that deep threat. That you know, Brady would like loves loves to air it out like right before the halves and um before the end of the half, sorry. And then yeah, Scotty is one of his favorite targets, but um just coming off of an injury. Again, this is I'm kind of skeptical. I'm kind of skeptical coming off of an injury with with this with the sort of player that he is. I need to see what happens and how many snaps he actually takes. 
um, if if he even is in in the team for for week nine before like actually making him a permanent fixture in the team. But he is someone I would say he is someone you could probably try to snap up if you do have at least a space on your team to to um to st- to stash someone. He is a stash at this point, but um he's not a start. Stash not start. Fair enough. Somebody that is also due to come back shortly is Logan Thomas. Now, the Washington football team, they're on a bye this week. They are one of four teams on a bye. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Detroit Lions, they are the other three teams on a bye this week. So Logan Thomas, he is expected to return to practice following the bye week. So in week 10, but the expectation is that he is going to be brought along slowly. Um, because Ricky Seals-Jones, even though he had a down week for me this week, he has actually been performing relatively well in that Mm -hmm. Washington offense. So Thomas may be somebody that you you have to monitor before you decide that you're going to insert insert him back into Mm -hmm. your starting lineups. No fact, he has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. That list it seems to be, you know, getting longer this these last couple of weeks because Devontae Adams, he and Alan Lazard were both on it for this week just gone and they have not been activated off of it just yet. Kadarius Tony, he had a thumb injury um, on in, during the game against the Chiefs on Monday, but he left the game for a bit and then he returned. However, Sterling Shepard, he was ruled out of that game of quad injury, and this has been a horrible season for Shepard with regards to injuries. He has been productive when he's been on the field, but he has not been on the field as often as we would like. Now, um, Debo Samuel, he will be limited this week in practice because he has a calf injury, and Elijah Mitchell, he also has a rib injury, so he is also limited in practice. San Francisco 49ers just can't catch a break with these injuries. However, George Kittle, he is expected to resume practice this week, finally coming back off of IR. Hopefully, I have been waiting on him on at least two teams, so I do <laughs> want him to hurry up and come back. Um, Jeff Wilson, he also, he's a running back, 54 49ers, and he's also slated to come back during this 21-day practice window from a knee injury. Now, Tyrod Taylor, he is day-to-day with that hamstring injury, quarterback for the Texans, but we'll see um, if he does make it back in time for week nine. However, whenever he is back, he is going to start. And while the Texans have not been good, Tyrod has not been bad. And if you need a streaming option for a quarterback, you could do worse than picking up Tyrod Taylor. Sure. Zach Wilson, he has a knee injury, as we told you last week, and he is hoping to return to practice by week 10. However, as we made mention of Mike White, Mike White had a great game this week. So that's something to monitor because if Mike White continues to ball out while Zach Wilson is on IR, chances are Zach Wilson will come back from being the heir apparent to this team to being the backup. Because if White's hand is still hot, I can't see them putting him. Do you agree, sure. AJ? Oh, yeah, of course. 
Yeah, and 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 with the way the season is going, there's no reason to rush Zach Wilson back in any case. There so yeah, let the hot hand play. And not just that, but if you think about it, McQuaid most likely is on less money than Zach Wilson is on. So what probably happens is that if White stays hot this season, he's auditioning for his next team. Yeah, true. true. So if what I say is I'll watch White this week. And if White is putting up another 350 plus yards, you probably want to go grab it. Yeah, you definitely want to monitor. Yep. Now, Dawson Knox, the tight end for the Buffalo Bills, he is also considered to be day to day. You know, he broke his hand. He was the first um, tight end to break his hand and throw a touchdown in the same game. So he is expected to be coming back somewhere around probably week 10. Dak Prescott is considered to be full goal for practice on Thursday today, and he is expected to be on track to start in week 9. And I'm turning the page because, like I said, <laughs> there are lots of fantasy-related injury news to share. Chris Carson, running back for the Seattle Seahawks said that he wants to practice next week. He's there on a bye this week, so he has another week where he's not, you know, missing the game for injury. And then the, he's saying that he wants to practice for week 10. AJ, week 10, Chris Carson. No. That's not. <laughs> not. I have nothing to say to Chris Carson or say about Chris Carson until Chris Carson is actually back on the field. I will not speak about a hurt man. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All I will say in relation to that is we don't know when you'll ever get to speak about him because <laughs> that tends to be where he is most often. Yeah. No. Marcel Valdez Scantling, he was a chance, he had a chance to play on Thursday night against the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, he's the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. But he's designated to return from injured reserve by the Packers. But the expectation is that he should be back next week. And Alan Lazard has also been returned from the COVID-19 list. We're mm -hmm. still keeping our ears to the ground and our fingers crossed that everyone's favorite Adam returns as well. Corey Davis, he has a hip injury, but he has a chance to play on Thursday. But if I were you, I would probably not risk Corey Davis, even if we are, you know, high on my weight right now. Um, Jalen Rigger, he has an ankle injury, and the Eagles are hoping that he will be back. But, I mean, is the Eagles, are you really trusting any pass catchers? Out of the Eagles. Will Fuller, the fifth, he has a finger injury and he is not returning to practice this week. He has been out since week four and we are hoping for him that, you know, the injury bug eases up off of him. But similar to Chris Carson, we will not often get to speak about him because this is where he often is. Um, but of course, Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle, those are folks that those are two guys that you can look at if you are in need of a streaming option for wide receiver, but similar to Philadelphia. Outside of Miles Gaskin and um, Mike Gesicki, 
are you really trusting any pass catchers coming out of Miami? Kylan Hill, um, he is the Packers running back who also is a special teamer. I don't know if you was if you saw the hit, AJ, but he took a nasty shot to his I knee. I saw when it happened, and when I, well, I didn't. No, sorry, I didn't see the actual play. I saw when they were showing the replay after the guys were on the ground. And again, I can't look at knee injuries, so mm-hmm. I did not exactly see it. Yeah, he took a nasty hit to his knee. He is on injured reserve. And he is done for the year. But the expectation is that he should be good to return in 2022. It's always hurtful, though, when you are these guys who are, you know, so far down the depth chart that you are on the, you know, special teams group. And then you pick up an injury because that could really be the end of your career. Robert Tanyan, he also picked up a, a knee injury. He has a torn ACL, which happened... Um, on a, he was just running and then it popped. So he is done for the year, but he is also a free agent at the end of this season. So we have to wait and see what happens with him. Christian McCaffrey, he returns to practice on Wednesday, but his return date is unknown. He is another one just like Chris Carson. So enough said, Chiba Hubbard, he played well in his absence. And right now his projections are looking a little slim for this coming week because right now we don't know what happens with Christian McCaffrey so if you have Hubbard I'd probably watch what happens with McCaffrey before you decide to drop him. Sam Donald he is in the Leeds concussion protocol he took a hit to the head on Sunday against the Falcons and he is in the protocol is unsure yet if he's going to return on week nine but if he's not there then pj walker would like to start in his place however if you had darnold and you need to get a streaming option i'd probably look at mike white before i decide i'm going to take a risk on pj washington pj walker sorry um ty hilton ty hilton he also has a concussion so he is out of this week nine game against the Jets. But T.Y. Hilton has been in and out of the lineup more out than in this season. So I'm not sure how big of a loss that is for anyone. Chances are you <laughs> didn't really have T.Y. Hilton. And then lastly, James Robinson, he has a foot injury. But he is as expected to be day-to-day. He has escaped serious injury and the hope is that he will be good to play against the Bills in week nine. <sighs> that was a lot. My mouth is tired. I'm tired of talking. Like, I've been t- this feels like if like I said, no start and sit this week because that injury list, the trades and everything else would have been yeah. Yeah. quite a bit. So, AJ, any last sage words of wisdom to drop on the force this week relating to fantasy before we're gone today? No, I mean, I'll let everything that we said so far be the, the ending words for this weekend. We'll just be back next week with more updates based on the injuries and what happens in week nine. We'll let you know who, who is, is hot and who is not going forward. Of course. And hopefully, well, we won't have any of the 
off the field stuff that we led with this week, repeating itself next week or at any other point in time in any other NFL season. As I said on the Green Beach show yesterday, if you're going to drink, leave the keys at home. And if you're going to drive, leave the drinks alone. And on that note, as always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. We will see you next time.